Lizzie. And I'm Hazel, and we're Carrot and Stick, a writing podcast that's all about trying out weird writing advice we find on the internet and seeing if it actually helps fight writer's block. This week, self-surveillance, aka time tracking, using various apps. So I was super resistant to this at first, which I guess I can get more into later, but uh, spoiler alert, I hated this. Did you feel that you went into it with an open mind, though? Because I feel like the mere idea of it made you kind of, like, break out in, like, fear, so... (laughs) Well, before we talk about whether or not this fear was justified or how biased I was going into it, we can talk about what we actually did. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I used Rescue Time on my computer and my phone, and I also used Moment on my phone because I found that Rescue Time's iOS app was not really working, which I had read in a lot of reviews that people are having problems with it. So anyway, that's what I used. What does Moment do again? It just records how many hours you spend on your phone. And theoretically, it can track where you're using the hours, but it just looks at your battery percentage. So I just kind of like glanced at my battery percentage every once in a while. Okay. I also used Rescue Time, which we chose because it works for both iOS and Android, though apparently not. All we can do is try. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I had a few issues as well, but I sorted them out just a couple days into the challenge when I realized it wasn't recording properly. And I set it up on my home computer, my work computer, and my phone. I don't have a work phone. I'm not that fancy. Damn, though, that's thorough. Yeah. Though I noticed that it didn't record on my phone when I didn't have active cell phone service. So when I was traveling and I was off Wi-Fi or off data for several hours, it didn't record my app usage during that time. So I felt a little cheated, just a little. Yeah, I also had some moments where I realized it would do things like, I kind of talk about this in the survey and like the stuff I wrote, but when I was away from the computer and like using my phone, it'd be like my cursor was in Word. So it was like, good job getting those composition minutes. And I'm like sitting there on my phone. Tricky, tricky. Yeah, so I don't know. Sometimes I wasn't really sure if it was recording things super accurately on my computer. So in that case, was it recording both of them at the same time? Like you were simultaneously on Instagram and in Microsoft Word? It should have if it was working properly, I think. Oh, okay. But, like, because the iPhone app shows your computer use, and there's supposed to be a separate one that shows your phone use, but it just was recording nothing for phone, and I, like, fiddled with the settings and couldn't get it to work. Well, we're not a technology review podcast. We're a writing podcast, so let's get down to brass tacks. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, how much um, did you write this week? Not a whole lot, because I mentioned this briefly last week, but I got my wisdom teeth out... And then I flew to Germany. So there was a lot happening uh, that kind of impacted my writing completely outside of this surveillance thing. But that said, I did get some writing done on the plane and while I was abroad. So, you know, it did happen. I actually did one other weird little self-surveillance time tracking thing, which was that I did give a shot to trying to just like use the timer on the iPhone to time when I was writing. So like, okay, I'm starting now, like hit the stopwatch. And then, oh, I'm stopping to like go to the bathroom, like stop the stopwatch. Or I checked Facebook, like stop it and restart it. Um, And using that, I logged that I worked around like eight hours last week, which was mostly like editing. It was kind of nice because I actually realized kind of like how fast I edit, you know, like I could use that to sort of see like, oh, it takes me like an hour to like copy edit a chapter good to know. That's not as long as I thought it would be. So I got through like half my book, which was awesome. That is really good, actually. But then I like got derailed in the second half of week two. So (laughs) that is really good, though. I know I was insisting that we should do that kind of tracking as well. But of course, I forgot. So (laughs) 
<laughs> I have no such data to give you. I'm sorry. I could uh, look into it more. Though I was thinking about just leaving the surveillance tools on because one thing I noticed is that like after day two or three of time tracking, I like did not care that they were there and I barely checked my reports. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's still useful even if you're never checking it? Like, is, is there something about like knowing it's going on in the background that helps to keep you from spending as much time like, you know, derping? Absolutely not. So like when I did check the reports and it would say like, you spent so and so hours online, I'd be like, yeah, well, I really don't care. I'm sensing that you may not have thought this challenge was a success. It wasn't for me, but also like I recognize that I'm not really a numbers person. When I see numerical representations of things, it doesn't really sink in so much as when I see things written out, if that makes sense. I mean, your reaction kind of reminds me of how you didn't really like calendar stickers. And I'm like wondering if maybe that's the same thing where you're just like, what do I need this information for? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think there are some people who really enjoy getting data of their lives. But when faced with that data, I just don't know what to do with it. And I'm like, that's fantastic. I'm gonna be in my same ways. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I thought the one thing that I did, like, use the data for was for moment, at least, where, like, so just visual information. If you spend like one or two hours on your phone, it's green. And if you spend like two to three hours, it's orange. And if you spend like more than three, it turns red, um, just in where it like records how much time you've spent on your phone that day. And so there were times where if I had a day where it got into the red, I feel like that gave me a motivation to try better the next day, you know, because like I did have a long day where I was working And I kind of looked back on it and was like, I feel like I worked for like eight hours, but I only got like a script and a half done and I should be able to get two scripts done. What happened here freelance writing wise? And I think the answer was like, well, three of your workday hours were apparently like looking at your phone. So like, I think that's where that time went. So I thought that information was kind of useful, if only to be like, okay, so do you want that same thing to happen tomorrow? Because if not, uh, you might want to put your phone in the other room. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. And like, I also tracked my computer usage during my work hours as well, like on my work computer. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was like some harmless internet browsing for downtime at work was like, perhaps it, you know, it builds up. And (laughs) (laughs) I think that like, tools like these, not only in the fact that they have their own designations for what they consider productive and non-productive, but also, like, the interface is littered with, like, Steve Jobs quotes and, like, encouraging things about productivity. I feel like, in general, they are made for traditional work rather than creative work. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's one thing I liked more about Moment than Rescue Time was that Moment was just simple. It's just, like, here's the amounts of time. That's it no other information. So it's just kind of like you can glance at it and kind of know how you're doing if you want to know. Did anything about the challenge surprise you? Well, I kind of alluded to this earlier. But yeah, I use line and Twitter quite a lot. But that usage is oftentimes like in passing or in small bursts, like when I'm waiting for the train or something. So that time is like not super feasible for writing anyway. But in last season's social media episode, I remember observing that like if I chose to not go on Twitter specifically during that time, and use that time to like think about what I'm planning on working on later. It ended up being like holistically better for my projects overall, which I like can't deny. 
I get you, though. We have important relationships on social media and even just, like, texting friends and things. It's so hard to, like, condemn the time as wasted. It's true. Twitter locked me out of my account for some arbitrary reason over the past week. And uh, while I was too lazy to reset my password to get back in, I was just like, no, what's happening without me? But obviously I was fine because Twitter is completely optional and I could get rid of it if I wanted to. Anytime. (laughs) I can quit anytime I want. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I was kind of surprised by just how often I, like, picked up my phone. Like, there was one day where I had so much to do, which is basically the theme of, like, the last two weeks. And I was like, okay, today is one of those days where I am not going to look at my phone. And then I checked, like, the time tracker at the end of the day, and I still looked at my phone for, like, three or four hours. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I, I think sometimes when I'm really stressed, I do treat it kind of like a bad habit or, like, like this technology equivalent of junk food you know like apparently if I'm reading like if I don't want to work I'm just like what can I do that's not work and then I grab it so I thought that was kind of enlightening you know like if I'm looking at it for things I actually want to see that's good but like trying to be more mindful of when I'm just like looking for any distraction for no reason yeah and I mean sometimes you need that distraction but sometimes it's better to just like take a walk (laughs) that's true walks are always great maybe we could do a walk as a challenge just you should constantly walk no sleep one week constantly walking well i'm glad we're doing that in autumn instead of in summer because i would just get mosquito bitten to all get out oof it's true constantly just sweaty and wet (laughs) this is taking quite a turn happy halloween everyone it got really scary (laughs) the spoopiest thing is bug bites (laughs) uh what held you back or hindered you this week Dental surgery, flying across international borders, <laughs> week-long conferences. Those are pretty good reasons. <laughs> but also, like, when I was abroad, I had never been to Germany before, so I wanted to explore a little bit. So there were good reasons. And, like, it's all good writing material for later. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about you? Uh, I just had so much freelance work. Like, I could not find the hours to do. I mean, it's weird, because I guess I found the hours, like, in the first week, but when the freelance work, like, really ramped up, it just got, like, really difficult to find the time to write. Um, I also sort of started living, like, the bachelorette life this week, because Ben was at New York Comic Con, Um, but that was not super great. Like, I did no dishes, I, like, did not go grocery shopping, like, I basically turned into a train wreck, and... Then I felt bad about myself and was like, oh, what's happening? So I don't know. It was like a hard week. Oh, it's okay. I do those those things and I'm not a bachelorette. I just usually don't like quite neglect like all of my chores for like a solid week. Herpaderpa. But yeah, again, it's like, I think that part of me was like, if I don't have time to write, then like, how can I like justify like gain groceries? I don't know. This is the sort of logic going on. Not necessarily the best. Yeah. Oh, that's rough though. No, I do end up in those, like, self-blame work spirals, though. I'll feel very hungry. Or, like, I need to go to the bathroom. But I'm just like, if you have the time to do those things, you should be writing more. That's not a good way to think. Don't do that, listener. Yeah, it was it was not great. And I And the thing, too, is, like, I knew I just, like, needed a break. But I just had so much freelance work that was all, like, piled on top of me. I also did, like, a weird thing where there were a bunch of things where I, like prioritized getting to spend free time in the future. Like I had a friend in town on Friday. So I was like, I better work like 14 hours on Thursday so that I can just like, have Friday off. So it's like part of this was my own questionable decision making. 
uh, I don't know. Stress is hard to manage sometimes. Like, I didn't think I would be super stressed out by the time Friday came, but I was. That kind of reminds me of this piece of advice I heard from this artist uh, named Jade Aikasi. She made some comment that was like, you should do things that make your future self really love your past self, like work habit wise. Like, you want your past self to, to, like, work as hard for your future self as you can, so that instead of your future self being like, why did past self do this, future self can be like, thank you so much, past self, I love you. Oh, that's so cute. I like this idea. So I did that a lot this week, actually, for not necessarily writing stuff, but other things. Actually, no, also writing stuff. I did things where uh, my future self could look back on it and be like, oh, thank you, past self, you clearly care. Oh, yay! <laughs> Like, in general, for when it comes to managing stress and stuff like that, I feel like these time tracking applications are not super helpful. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I think that if you have a bad day, like the day where I, you know, checked my phone a bunch, like, as a weird attempt to, like, relieve stress, it just, like, made more stress when I then was, like, bad me. Like, you know, it just, I don't think it helped with stress overall. Yeah, I think if you use it to the point that it becomes kind of, like, just constant background information then it becomes easier to assess it more, like, emotionally neutrally. But as a starting point, I don't know if we're there yet. Yeah, I would agree with that. On the bright side, what was good this week? I had a lovely conversation about podcasts with my friend Bailey, who listens to the podcast. So, like, shout out! Um, but I felt like I kind of missed the writer framework this week, and I definitely feel like, you know, getting in the tea of, like, talking to someone for more than 10 minutes about something is just like, it was it was nice and reinvigorating. And I also, I felt like empowered by some of the time tracking knowledge, specifically just that realization that like, editing my book is faster than I think it is. You know, like you just look at the whole thing and you're like, oh my god, how long will it take to do this? But actually recording how long it took to do it maybe be like, oh yeah, no, this is doable. So that was good. Yay! <laughs> what kept your spirits up this week? Also podcast related, I listened to some episodes of a podcast that had been on the back burner for me for a while called Magic Lessons with Elizabeth Gilbert. I have listened. Oh, you have listened to it? I have listened to it. Sorry, we totally just like cut each other off. <laughs> no, it's okay. So Magic Lessons is another podcast about creativity, but it's from someone much further in her career than we are. So if you are interested in hearing her wise words, you can check that out. There wasn't any specific advice that resonated with me, but just like or hearing positive messages kind of reinforced is always good. But more than that, just hearing two women talk very earnestly about what they care about and what they're passionate about making was good vibes. I appreciated it. Yeah, I also really like how the message of that podcast is kind of like, let's try to like, do some creative problem solving about like, your creative problems. And like, every person has like, different things and all the solutions are kind of different. And I just feel like, I don't know, in the vein of carrot and stick, it's like finding what works for you and seeing if it can help you get to where you need to be, which is an awesome thing. Also, I know you were saying that there wasn't like a piece of advice that stuck with you, but there's like actually something that really stuck with me, although I don't know if I'd call it advice so much as like a thing I can't get out of my head. But it's from the episode where she talks to the photographer, who I think like switched careers from something else into photography. I don't quite remember. Or maybe it was from photography into writing, something like that. Anyway, she talks about like how she got really far in kind of like her first career and then like switched because she found that there's like no joy in mastery. And I was like, oh, gosh, I definitely feel that like, not that I don't like writing. But like, 
I do feel like I, I've done that in the past of like got really far in flute playing and then was like, ugh, I miss the early days of this when it was like discovery and like excitement and like mastery is not the fun part, you know? And then it was like switch to filmmaking. And then after like getting really far along in filmmaking, it was like switch to writing. And like, I've liked all of these things in general over time, but like, I do feel that way where like sometimes being new at like trying something new and being bad at something can be more fulfilling than like mastering your craft, which is like very meticulous and repetitive. So I don't know. That stuck with me from that podcast. I I feel like mastery of writing is also something that like you can't do. Not to say that people aren't good at writing, but like there's always ways to expand in different directions or try new things. Yeah, thankfully writing is like really flexible. <laughs> um, what are your goals for next week? Basically, now that I'm back home, just to like get back into a routine, write more very solid stuff. Yeah, I agree. I might try using a little bit of like a informal writer method of, you know, just checking in and being like, did you exercise today? Like, did you read today? That sort of thing. Oh, I've been doing writer method, even though we're done with the challenge. Like, I don't care. Can't stop me now. I mean, that's the hope, isn't it? You know, like that we find things that work for us and we use them. So like, good for you. (laughs) Thanks. Also, I wrote that uh, I'm throwing my phone into the ocean. Yeah, who needs that piece of crap? (laughs) Me, I do. I know. I'm like, by the ocean, I mean the other room. (laughs) Uh, So our overall judgment of self-surveillance, I feel like, pass? Not not that great? We both weren't that into it, I don't think. Yeah, pass in the sense of fail. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm at pass like hard pass. But like, I didn't want to say a hard pass because I didn't want to be mean to the challenge. Yeah, and, like, no flack for any of the apps we used either. Like, it just didn't work out for either of us. And, like, Lizzie said before, time tracking in a very general sense, like, kind of stopwatch style, seeing how long you spend working, is more useful. Not ragging on all kinds of tracking, but in terms of it as a means to increase creativity or willingness or motivation to write, not so much. Yeah, I would agree with that. Next week, though, we have a very creative challenge to help us kind of get over how stodgy this one was. (laughs) This style of writing is so near and dear to my heart. Uh, We're going to focus on writing dravels and microfiction. The definitions for these uh, tend to vary depending on who you ask, but dravels, everyone, i.e. people who do competitions for dravels, seem to agree that a drabble is 100 words long. And microfiction in general is under 300 words. So I think we're kind of aiming for anything under 300 words counts as microfiction. Uh, and if it's 100 words, uh, you know it's a drabble. Some people are okay with like, oh, 91 words is a drabble. But some people who are like, who really enjoy playing word games are like, no, 100 words are bust. It has to be exact. Oh, I gotcha. Good to know. Which is fun in its own way, but the reason I love this is because drabbles were very trendy in fanfiction writing in, like, the early 2000s, and so I grew up writing a ton of drabbles, and so somewhere on the internet are just piles and piles of drabbles I've written for all manner of things. Oh my god, so idea for a new podcast is just... I already hate this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're the one who said you have piles of material for us to mine. (laughs) I don't know what you can do. Like, if you mine up dirt, like, what do you do with it? No, I'm not being mean to myself. I'm being I'm being kind to my 12-year-old self. You make, like, mud pies. <laughs> I think this is a great idea. Wait, what was the idea? You just, like, read old stuff? I guess in my mind, I'm picturing, like, that uh, maybe, like, I read your drabbles back to you uh, or something as a podcast. Wow, let's never talk about this again. 
<laughs> this better be in the episode. So the next challenge is going to involve us writing our own drabbles and not reading each other's because you have no right. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, if you write a really good one. If I do write something really good, I'm just going to send it to you online with no disclaimer or preamble. I mean, that sounds cool to me. Maybe maybe we have the soft goal. Also, I like the idea of soft goals. But anyway, maybe we have like the soft goal of like maybe having one to share on the podcast. Maybe if we if we really like something, I don't know. That's a hard maybe. Maybe we'll share it on the blog. I feel like a hard maybe is the appropriate response to a soft goal. <laughs> yeah, so hard maybe you can find some of these microfiction works on our blog. And uh, hard maybe, please go try to find Hazel's old travel blog. Oh my god, please don't. You have better ways to use your time than this. I believe in you. It's true. Also, I feel like you make up really unique and clever usernames. So like, I have no idea what like high school Hazel, I assume high school Hazel, college Hazel? Middle school Hazel. Yeah, I don't know what she was thinking. I mean, probably something a little gothy. Not a whole lot. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just fictional characters smooching. That's all. Mm, more hints. <laughs> Uh, we are still uh, accepting suggestions for writing apps. So if anyone has things that they want us to review, please let us know. And if that is all, we can get into our weekly favorites. Sounds good to me. Weekly favorites. What was your weekly favorite? My weekly favorite was a little weird. I think because I was in such like a weird headspace. Like I had like no time to like watch TV or like really read for fun because I was just like reading so much material for work. And then I also like because of that kind of like wanted nonfiction things after like trying to crunch so much fiction through my brain. So I kind of weirdly stumbled on this through like the Instagram of Jen Gotch, who runs the company Bando. Um, that's kind of like a female focused, um, like, you know, accessories and goods kind of store. And anyway, she has been had a sort of public like mental health struggle. And so she's doing a podcast that's just kind of like about where she is like two years after that now that she's like doing a little bit better. And anyway, I've never really listened to like a self care podcast. But her first episode was just kind of like things you can do right now. And I was like, Oh, sure, I'll listen to this while I'm like drowning under work. Um, and there were just like a bunch of like good little reminders in there, which is why it's kind of like my weekly favorite. Like, you know, she kind of like had a little bit of advice that like self-care is like making like good choices. And that's like really what it is. And that sometimes it's easy to be like, my self-care is like to eat a bunch of pizza on the couch. Her opinion was that self-care is like kind of not doing that. <laughs> it's like making like good choices for like you tomorrow kind of and like being conscious of the choices you make. And that was just like a nice reminder after having like this week where I feel like I was just like blah, blah, blah. It was just a nice like little piece of very practical self-care advice of just like think about the choices you're making and just make sure you're making the choice you want to make. Yeah, do things for future self. Yeah, and do good things for future self and not just like bad things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What was your weekly favorite? My weekly favorite was also nonfiction, which like never happens. Whoa. What a weird week we had. <laughs> it was the article Millennials Can't Stop Writing Fan Fiction About Coffee Shops by Gavia Baker Whitelaw for The Daily Dot. I highly encourage you Google this article and go read it. It's so charming. Have you ever heard of the coffee shop alternate universe trope? No, I don't think so. So just to briefly summarize, like within fan fiction... The concept of an alternate universe is you take the characters from a given work and you just put them in a different setting, and you can import as much of their canon backstory as you want. And 
the coffee shop AU, AU short for alternate universe specifically, is just the characters are in a coffee shop. That's it. That's the only parameter you have to follow. It doesn't have to have any plot. It doesn't have to include any of their like canon universe conflicts. It can just be whatever you want that would happen in a coffee shop. And so a lot of these are just like very calm, very comforting little stories about like barista meets regular customer and they slowly fall in love over the course of several months over nice cups of coffee and books. The article goes into like the cultural and social reasons that people might be drawn to reading and writing stories like these. And as someone who loves the genre, but like actually has never written that much coffee shop AU content, it was so like heartwarming to hear someone talking about the topic in a really informed and thoughtful way. That's awesome. And then I went and wrote a coffee shop AU just for my own indulgence. (laughs) Oh, I love it. This was a nice, happy article, and I liked it. It also reminded me that there's lots of people in academia doing fantastic work about fandom. So keep it up. Oh, excellent. I'm glad. I feel like this podcast, we had sort of uh, harsh weeks. We had sort of a, (laughs) a challenge we didn't like, but I'm so happy we ended it with some really positive weekly favorites. If you want more positivity, you can find us on the social medias. On Twitter, we're Lizzie and Hazel, and that's Lizzie with a Y. Uh, If you have any of those app suggestions, like we've heard things like using Hemingway, for example, or Ohm, if you have any that you want us to try as a challenge, email us, carrotandstickpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Tumblr at carrotandstickpodcast. That's where the blog lives and where Drabble's hard maybe might live. (laughs) And you can also find us on Instagram at carrotandstickpodcast. The music for this episode was by Robert Mai, and thank you to Slime Girls for providing the intro and outro theme, uh, You Belong, off of the album No Summer, No Cry. We will see you in episode three. Hug a cat, write some drabbles. Drabbles! Drabbles! I really think this hard maybe slash soft goals has a lot of potential. (laughs) Like even just like the more like slangy use of goals of like, wow, you know, like she's like fashion goals. Hashtag goals. Yeah. Like I'm feel like we could be like, that's like soft fashion goals or like that's like (laughs) soft breakfast goals. (laughs) Like I want an eggs Benedict, but that's a hard maybe. (laughs) I like my eggs over hard maybe.